So, as uh, you probably guessed, we're going to continue on in the culture of the Living Hope Family Church this morning. Uh, the culture of Living Hope, today we're going to talk about uh, that we are a people who are filled with the Spirit. Uh, you guys all know this, you've been here a while, this is a Spirit-filled church. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We believe that the infilling of the Holy Spirit is subsequent to salvation. When you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit come live inside of you. And we're going to look at that in the Scriptures, but subsequent to that, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And that's what we refer to as being baptized in the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, salvation, like I said, is the Holy Spirit in you, inside of you. The Holy Spirit comes inside. Your old dead spirit is removed and is replaced with the Spirit of God, that you would be made brand new. But being filled is the Holy Spirit on you or in you. And uh, actually, as you read through the Scripture, the terminology is kind of weird. Sometimes it's referred to as being filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's referred to as being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And actually, in the Scripture, it's kind of, the words are used somewhat interchangeably, but it's talking of two different instances. And when we're talking about, when I say baptized in the Holy Spirit, what I'm referring to is that second um, experience where the Holy Spirit is poured out upon you. So there'll be no confusion when I'm talking about it. That's what I mean when I say baptized in the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to look at today is, is the first question we obviously have to answer is, what is being baptized in the Holy Spirit? If it's a separate thing, obviously we kind of have to define that and talk about what that means. And then we need to talk about, well, how does that happen? How do we become baptized in the Holy Spirit? And then the third question is, how can we know that we have been filled with the Spirit? And finally, we want to take a look today at what is the, the purpose of being filled with the Spirit? Is this just uh, uh, something cool we get to experience? Or is there an actual reason for it? And as we're going to see as we look through the Scriptures today, there's actually a reason, reason that we are being filled with the Holy Spirit. is because how many know that we need power in this, this world today? As we go out and we minister and we reach these people, we need power. We need, we need help from God to do these things. And that's what being filled with the Holy Spirit is, is, is God giving us gifts to help us fulfill His purpose for each and every one of us in this room on this earth. Amen? Amen. So we're going to go ahead and start in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. It says, now, these, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, all these are empowered by one in the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. The first thing I want to point out as we're looking at this, it seems like a pretty long, exhaustive list, but it's actually not an exhaustive list. There are other gifts of the Spirit other than the ones listed here. Uh, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, uh, the uh, uh, gift of faith gifts of healings, all these things. This is an exhaustive list because if we look in Romans 12, 6 through 8, it says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us, let us use them in prophecy, prophecy in proportion to our faith. 
if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who acts, who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Here we have another list of different gifts of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit empowers us to do these things in our ministry. And one thing that's important to notice about the gifts of the Spirit, in every instance, the gifts of the Spirit are you to be used for the common good of the body. If somehow you think you have a gift where you can see people's sins and point it out to them, probably not a gift of the Holy Spirit. Because that's not for the common good of the body. Every single one of these gifts is given by the Holy Spirit to lift up the body of Christ. And another thing to note is that not everyone will operate in every single gift. And if you operate in a particular gift of the Holy Spirit and somebody else does not, that does not make you somehow more special to God, doesn't make you more powerful, doesn't make you more spiritual. It's just that the Scripture says here that it's empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. It has nothing to do with you, but rather God working inside of you, giving, giving you power to do the things that He's called you to do. The gifts of the Spirit are not a reflection of you or who you are, but they're actually a reflection of God in us. And they are God's power working through us. And I've once heard it said that, you know, everybody has one spiritual gift. Has anybody ever heard that? Everybody, everybody has one spiritual gift. And in some sense, that's true. It says right here that, uh, where is it at? It says, to each is God who empowers all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So each person is given the manifestation of the Spirit. But what it's not saying is that each person gets one and only one gift. You can actually operate in many gifts of the Spirit, and you'll operate in them probably different ones at different times in your life to accomplish what God is wanting you to accomplish at that very same time. Now, it's true that it's, it's available to every single one of us, but like I said, you're not limited to just one. And actually, the Scripture says that we are to earnestly seek the gifts of God. That means that we can ask God for these gifts that we can operate in them so that we would be more effective in our ministry. In 1 Corinthians 12, 31, it says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. How many know that Paul wouldn't tell us to desire them if it wasn't possible for us to ask and have God give us those gifts? And as we're going to talk about the different gifts of the Spirit going on, but if you want to operate in these gifts, begin to pray and ask God to manifest these gifts inside. If you want to operate in, 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 in prophecy, ask God to give you those things. We actually saw in the prayer meeting this morning, we saw a manifestation of the the gift of prophecy this morning when, when Viola began to tell us of what she saw. She saw God's finger touching every single one of these rooms and then pointing to the front of our church. That's a, that's a, that's a gift of prophecy. Prophecy is there to encourage the body. I don't know about you guys, but when I heard that this morning, I was encouraged. And it's good. It's kind of nice to have that because at the same time, when, when, that, uh, when we had people leave this morning, I was discouraged at the same time. So thank God there was some encouragement this morning. And that's what the gift of prophecy is about, is encouraging and lifting up one another. 
But the scripture says, desire those gifts, ask for them, so that you can be uh, used for the common good of the body. Amen? So now we're going to answer that question, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And here's kind of where we need to start, is by looking at the difference between receiving the Holy Spirit and being filled or baptized with it. In John verse 20, 19 through 22, it says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands on his side, and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So, what can we tell by looking at this scripture? One, we can see that Jesus already had holes in his hands and a hole in his side. So this is after he was crucified. He had not yet ascended to the Father, but this was after he rose from the dead. And, and the scripture says that he showed himself to the disciples and then 500, and to, he showed himself to all these people. So he's not yet ascended to heaven, but he has been risen from the dead. And it says here that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is salvation. He breathed life into them. He breathed the Holy Spirit to them, and they were given newness of life. This was, like I referred to earlier, the Holy Spirit in them. Salvation. And if you'll notice, this looks very similar to what God did to Adam. Do you remember in the garden, uh, God formed Adam, and he breathed life into him. And Adam came to life, and he, he lived. And, and at that time, we know that Adam was a man with no past. He had no failings. He had no shortcomings. He was brand new in God. No sins. No baggage. And the very same thing happens to us when we receive the Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, they were made brand new. They were brought back to life with a new spirit. No baggage. No sins. Just like us, when we get saved, we receive the Holy Spirit, and we are made brand new. Amen? And then in Acts 1, 3 through 5, and that's, that's the, the point I wanted to point out there, that's, that's salvation, the Holy Spirit in you. And we're going to look at what it means to be baptized with the Holy Spirit now. In Acts 1, 3 through 5, it says, He presented Himself alive to them after His suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So this scripture right here with the last one contrasts the difference between being filled with the Holy Spirit and receiving the Holy Spirit in salvation. Jesus right now is speaking of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the interesting thing is, is, is this happens, <clears throat> uh, this happened after he spoke to them. This happened after he already said, receive the Holy Spirit. And after they had received the Holy Spirit, he says this to them, he says, but now in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So there's obviously a different thing happening. It can't be the same thing if he's already done one, but then says in a few days, well, we're going we're gonna to do it over again? No, it's two separate things. Mm-hmm. 
And we find out as we look forward in the story when this happens, this actually happens after he ascends into heaven. So we know that the two separate events, we're not, we can't be confused because when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, he has ascended. But it's obvious that this scripture happened before so, before he went up to, see, to be with the Father. And this is the promise of the Father that you heard from me. What he's talking about right here is in Luke 24, 49. And he says, Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power on high. You see, the, the Holy Spirit coming upon us, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is about us receiving power to do the work that God has called us to do. Amen? Is that, is that clear to everybody? You can see the difference between, uh, in the scripture it talks about there's two separate events. And that's what we talk about when we talk about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. So let's take a look at this. And we said, in not many days from now, you're going to be clothed with power on high. That actually happens in the book of Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is what Jesus was talking about. He said, in not many days from now, you're going to have power come upon you. And here it is, the day of Pentecost, they're sitting in the room, and they're, they're praying, they're, they're worshiping, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And they receive power. And the interesting thing about this is this is the exact same day, the day of Pentecost is actually the day that the law was given to Moses, who then went on to give it to the people. So the law was given on this very same day, and on this very same day, we have the power of the Holy Spirit being given to us. And it says that there are tongues of fire rested on them and they were filled. It says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now we already know that beforehand they had received the Holy Spirit from Jesus for salvation. So this is obviously a second event. And it says the divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each and every one of them. And they were all filled and they began to speak in other tongues. And if you know... If you know the, uh, the story behind this, they actually begin to speak in tongues, but the people around them heard it in their own language. And that's amazing to me because they're all up there. They begin to speak in tongues. And that's what this says here. They're speaking tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the first instinct as you read about this is, that, oh, they were speaking in different languages. But if you read what the Scripture says, it doesn't say they were speaking in different languages. It says they were heard in different languages. And matter of fact, as you continue to read, there were others that said, no, they're just drunk. So it obviously sounded to some of them, at least, that they were speaking in a tongue they didn't understand. It meant much to the, the experience we all see when we see people speaking or praying in songs, tongues, it actually sounds kind of like gibberish to us. And that's what they were experiencing here. But in this particular case, there were 13 different languages they were, they were understood by those in the crowd there. They began, they began speaking in tongues and they were understood in 13 different languages. Isn't that amazing to see the power of the Holy Spirit work? And I know this is, when we begin to speak of tongues and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, this sends a lot of people running to the hills because, oh, we, we can't do this crazy stuff, this, this supernatural stuff. But I want you to know that, that uh, 
We're part of a supernatural religion. God works supernaturally all the time. So how do we ground that stuff? How do we know if it's from God? If we can, if we can look at it in the scriptures, then we know it's from God. And, and this isn't a one-time thing. The joke's been made that, you know, when we get filled with the Spirit, that we leak. And we have to continually be filled with the Spirit. And you'll see that throughout the book of Acts. It says, and they were filled with the Spirit. And then it'll go on a little bit later, and the same people will be filled with the Spirit again. That's why I said that we, that we must leak. We must, it must pour out of us because we have to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then something else I want to point out that's really important about this stuff, and we're going to see this in all the gifts, but the gifts of God aren't like supernatural possession. You know, when these people spoke in tongues, I want you to know that their eyes didn't roll back in their head and their glow white and God took over their body, but it says that they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But they began to speak. They actually had to open their mouth and, and begin to form words. And the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit is not going to move your mouth for you if you, want, if you desire that gift. And the Scripture says desire the gifts. If you don't speak in tongues, begin to pray and ask God for that. If you want to operate in the gift of healing, begin to pray and ask God that you would operate in the gift of healing. If you want to pray in the, the gift of faith, and what that is, is the gift of faith is, is, is not our, the normal faith that we have that we exercise daily, but sometimes the Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you extraordinary faith that you couldn't imagine as the gift of faith is manifest in your life. Or operating in the gift of knowledge, that means that God will give you words about somebody so that you can encourage them and lift them up. But begin to pray that God would use these. But all of these things require you to do something. God can give you an extraordinary gift of faith, but if you don't exercise that faith, then it's not going to manifest. God can give you a word of knowledge, but if you don't open your mouth and begin to talk or encourage somebody, or a gift of prophecy, if you don't go to encourage somebody, it doesn't matter that you've received the gift because you're not using it. Every single one of the gifts of God require action on our part for the Holy Spirit to work through us. Amen? And in Acts two sixteen through 21, it says, But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see, dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This was Peter's rebuttal to the people that were around him. So this just happened. The Holy Spirit came upon them. They began to speak in other tongues. And people begin to say, wait a minute, they're just drunk. This isn't God, they're just drunk, they're just acting crazy. These guys are cuckoo. But this was his, this was his rebuttal. He's saying, no, that's not what's going on. He says, this is what is uttered through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Joel prophesied that God would pour out his spirit on all men. And the book of Joel was written somewhere between 1900 B.C. and 400 B.C. So at a minimum, 400 years before this happened, 
between 400 and 2,000 years before this happened, Joel prophesied that this was happening. And Peter says this is what he was talking about. His spirit being poured out on all men. And he says that the young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And this is the this is the power of the Holy Spirit being put on us as we work supernaturally for what God has called us to do. And prophecy, visions, dreams, signs, all these things will happen under the influence and power of the Holy Spirit. And because of this, it will come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, the interesting thing is, we all know that salvation is available to everyone, but that's the purpose of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, so that we can give the opportunity for everyone to receive salvation. The purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is to empower us to reach the lost, to empower us to be effective in our ministries, to empower us to be greater and stronger Christians than we can ever be in our own power. Amen? Luke 11 Luke eleven eleven through 13, it says, And what father among you, if a son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So we've talked about what is baptism in the Holy Spirit. What's it for? Uh, slightly, we've talked slightly about what it's for. Now it's talking about, well, how do we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, first, we have to understand a few things about God. One, God is a better Father than any of us in this room. And if earthly fathers, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, you know what makes a good father? They're loving, they're reliable, they're honest, they provide, they discipline, And these are the things that make a good father an earthly father. How much more so is God going to be than us? And when we ask God to be filled, He's going to be faithful. If you want to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you ask in faith. And you receive it in that same faith. I was actually speaking to uh, Michelle's... What is... um, they, they live north of us. Uh, your, yeah, your cousin. Yeah. Yeah, what's his name? I'm blanking on it. Dale. He was, we were talking the other day, and, and he's, uh, he's part of a group of Christians, and he, he doesn't uh, necessarily believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There, there are some who are called cessationists, and they believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit ended in the time of Acts, and that the gifts of the Spirit aren't for today. And uh, obviously, we don't believe that here. I think the scripture is pretty clear that it's, uh, as we look forward here pretty soon, that uh, they're here for us today. We need, we need power today just as much as they needed it back then. We need to be empowered and have the help of the Holy Spirit just as much. But he asked me, he said, you know, how do you, how do you speak in tongues? And I said, you do it by faith. And he said, wow, I've never, no one's ever told me that before. No one's ever said that before. And I don't know any other way to do anything. The scripture says that anything that you don't do of faith is sin. But that's how we receive 
The gifts of the Holy Spirit is we ask God for them and we trust that he's faithful and we believe that he will give them to us who ask. Because he says, you know what? How much more will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you ask God for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you a a stone. He's not going to give you a scorpion. He's going to give you what you ask for. Amen? And if we remember, Paul said, seek the gifts, even the greater ones, even the higher gifts. Begin to ask God for them in your life. Then in Acts 2, 38-39, it says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to Himself. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit is available to everyone. It's true, you need to be saved before you get filled with the Holy Spirit, but if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you can ask God for the Holy Spirit. And it says that this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone the Lord our God calls to Himself. If you've been saved, this gift is available to you. So we don't have to worry about, is this just for somebody? Is this just for the super serious Christians or the super uh, spiritual Christians? Or maybe this gift is only for those in leadership or maybe only for pastors. But the truth is, this gift is available for all of us. All our children and for all who are far off. I find it amazing. It's even available to your children. As we've seen, my, my, my son told me that he was, is it okay if I share this story? From the church the other day? So we went to the Tucson church, and, and uh, uh, they, they did the, the call and asked, has anybody here not been filled with the Holy Spirit? And, and uh, I would like to receive it. And he went up there, and he received the gift of the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. He's 11 years old, but God was still able to fill him. This is for everybody, for adults, for children, for all who would just ask and receive it by faith. And in Acts eleven fifteen through 17, it says, As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And if then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? So this is to the apostles and the 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 brethren in Jerusalem, Peter is giving his defense of why he was associating with the household of Cornelius, who was a Roman soldier. He was a Gentile. And they said, wait a minute, what are you doing, Peter? Why are you going to the uncircumcised? Salvation's for the Jews. It's not for the Gentiles. What are you thinking? And he began to explain the vision that he had. You remember the vision Peter had, the, the sheet coming down from heaven, and, and, God, and it was filled with unclean animals, and God said, get up, go kill and eat. And he said, God, I've never had any unclean thing enter my body. And God said, Peter, whatever I've called clean is clean, right? And that happened three times. So Peter's explaining his vision, why he went to Cornelius, and then he begins to tell them what happened. And he says, when I went to them, I began to speak to them, and the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. 
is, and I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He says, if then God gave them the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? You see, what happened was this Cornelius and his men, the Gentiles, they, they, they believed and they received salvation. But then Peter saw something interesting. And this is something we can keep at the, in the, the top of our mind as we go forward here in a second. But it says, I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as a, on us at the beginning. They had gotten saved, but then the Holy Spirit fell. How did Peter know that? How did Peter know that the Holy Spirit fell upon them? There was obviously had to have been some sort of evidence, right? There was something that he could see. He said, even for the Gentiles, the Holy Spirit came upon them. This gift is for everyone of the Christians that have, that have received Christ. If you're a Christian, this gift is for you. And then in Acts 19.6, and the, the, we're talking about how we receive that. Here we see that, that uh, they, they spoke, they believed, and, and then they received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here we're going to see that it's about receiving as well, Acts 19.6. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. And Acts 8.14-17, through 17, it says, Now when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them, Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. One, I want you to know that you have to receive the Holy Spirit. God is always a perfect gentleman. He's never going to force anybody to become saved. They need to receive salvation. And God is never, and the Holy Spirit is never going to force His way into your life. You have to surrender and receive that in your life. Oh, I lost my place. There it is. And we see here that He laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. The Holy Spirit came on them. These were people that were already saved, but when Peter laid hands on them, began, or Paul laid hands on them, began to pray, they began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit came upon them. And in Acts eight fourteen through 17, it says that, that they had not, the Holy Spirit had yet fallen on any of them. It hadn't come upon them. It hadn't fallen on any of them. They were saved. They'd been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were saved. They believed that the, Jesus died for them. But they had not had the, the Holy Spirit come on them yet. They weren't baptized yet. And it says, And they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. You know, when the, the Holy Spirit comes upon people, and it's received, the gifts of the Spirit are able to be manifested. And these people weren't living with that power yet, but at this point they, they received that power of the, the Holy Spirit. It came upon them. And it says he did it by the laying of hands. You know, the laying of hands on people is one of the ways that we can help release faith into people's life. Have you ever seen uh, people get up to be prayed on and, and they'll come through and as soon, sometimes as soon as the hands are laid on them, people just, they fall down. They, they're, they're touched by God so, so much that, that they just, you know, we refer to as being slain in the Spirit or all these different terminologies. But what happens is, is when we lay hands on people, 
it releases faith in their life. They're able to express their faith, and that's exactly what's happening here. Matter of fact, after the service today, if anybody has not received the gift of the Holy Spirit, I'd love to lay hands on you that you might receive it. You ask God earnestly and believe that you'll receive it, and we'll, we'll lay hands on you. But the idea here is that it, he has to be received. And you do it in faith. Amen? And there's evidence of that happening. When, when people receive the Holy Spirit in the Scriptures, we always see it either explicitly stated that there's evidence that they're speaking in tongues or one of these things, or it says that they saw that the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And like I said, you can't see that unless there's some sort of evidence. In Acts 10, 44 through 47, it says, While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who, were, who heard the word, and the believers from among the circumcised and who had come with Peter were amazed because of the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So we've got a, a group of Gentiles. They believed on God. They got saved. And then they, began, they were filled with the Holy Spirit as well. And it says that they saw... It says that they, they, because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues. That's how they could tell that the Holy Spirit fell upon them, as they began speaking in tongues. The scripture that we just looked at right here says they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. We have Simon the, the uh, uh, what was he? He was uh, not a prophet. Yeah, the magician. Simon the magician um, saw this happening and he says, hey, I want that gift. I want to be able to do that. Matter of fact, he did it in a way because he, he thought that he was going to be able to, to take advantage of the power of God, and he gets rebuked. But it says he saw them filled with the Holy Spirit. The scripture before here, it says that I, I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as us in the beginning. How did, how did Peter know the Holy Spirit fell on them? He obviously saw something. And we see here that the, the thing that they're seeing is they begin to speak in other tongues. That's why we, we often refer to the gift of tongues as the, the starter gift. It's, it's actually the easiest to operate in because you just, you just trust God and begin to move your mouth and the Spirit will give you utterance. It seems like such a scary thing, I think, sometimes when we begin to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially if you've never experienced them. And, uh, but it's really the most natural thing in God as we trust Him and let His power flow through us. And like I said, this was the, the, the evidence that this isn't the only time it talks about them speaking in tongues. In Acts 2.4, four says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did they do because they were filled? They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 19.6 says, When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. The one right before that, Acts 10.44-47, we talk about it, says that, For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. This seems to be the evidence of people being filled with the Holy Spirit is, is they receive the, the Holy Spirit that begins speaking in tongues. In nearly all cases in the book of Acts, when the believer is baptized in the Holy Spirit, they begin speaking in tongues. And like I said, in every case that it doesn't explicitly say that, it says that they saw them being filled with the Holy Spirit. There was some sort of evidence. 
And I think that it's safe to, to make the assumption that the evidence is them speaking in tongues. And like I said, doing these speaking in tongues or any gift of the Holy Spirit for that matter is not God supernaturally possessing your body and taking control, but it, you have to speak. And by faith, let the Holy Spirit fill you and direct your words. The scripture says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And what that means is, is that the gift of prophecy is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But what he's saying is that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet means that, that you have control over what you're doing. That means that, that God may give somebody a prophecy, but they have the choice of when to reveal that prophecy. In the same manner that you can be given the spirit of tongues and you have the choice. It's not, like I said, it's not possession. We have the choice of when we speak in tongues, when we begin to pray in tongues. It's, it's an act of our will to begin speaking and God will move through us. And the same with prophecy. I remember when we were in uh, Rocky Point for a men's retreat and that's when I first got filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues. And... Uh, Man, that's a tough roadblock of faith to get over. And I began to ask me if I wanted to and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I came up there and I, I, I did. I wanted to. I earnestly desired it. But there was still a part of me that was like, this is crazy. And I began to go up there and, and, and uh, I've, I've heard it referred to as the, the stammering lips, the bubbling lips as you begin to, to begin to try to speak. And it's just kind of blah, 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 blah. You, you know, you're, you're not exercising it fully, but you're trying and your faith begins to increase and you begin to be able to speak and pray in tongues. And I remember it was such a powerful experience. And it happened for me as they were praying for me. We're all standing in a line and they're going by and, and they just said, begin to speak in my faith. And, and slowly over time, that's developed in my life. I've heard other people that say that, that, uh, that they prayed for them and nothing happened. I've heard some people talk about, uh, Pastor Mike, I believe, tells a story when he did. They prayed for him for hours and nothing happened. And then finally later, he began to speak in tongues. I think it comes to the point when we're just ready to release our faith and receive that gift from God to begin to exercise that in our lives. And the more we do it, the easier it is to exercise your faith because your faith increases. Amen? 1 Corinthians 14.2, it says, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. Well, Pastor Wayne, you keep talking about all the speaking in tongues. What the heck is it? When we speak in tongues, we're speaking directly to God. In 1 Corinthians 14, 2, it says, For one who speaks in tongues speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him. Anybody ever heard someone speak in tongues? You get that. I have no idea what they're saying. Matter of fact, a person praying doesn't even know what they're saying. It's an ununderstandable language to us. But it says he utters mystery in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. That's just an easy way of saying that I have no idea what I'm saying. I don't understand it. In the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul refers to there being various kinds of tongues. And we saw on the day of Pentecost, they began praying in tongues. And obviously to some it sounded like they were drunk, but others began to hear them in their own language. That's one of the the kinds of tongues is that uh, you begin to minister and people begin to hear you in their own language. I've heard amazing stories of people uh, beginning to minister in tongues and the other people completely understood what they were saying. 
absolutely mind-blowing. Then there's other kinds too right here, which is when you pray in a tongue, no one understands you but God. You know, when you, you begin to pray in the Spirit, I believe that, that as the Spirit gives you utterance, you're praying for things that you didn't even know what you were praying for, stuff you didn't even know you needed. But by faith, the Holy Spirit gives you the words to speak that you would pray effectively. Amen? So we're going to go ahead and end it here. We talked about... What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why do we need it? What are these gifts? We talked a little bit about that introductory gift, the gift of tongues. And uh, what, is that, what, is, what does that mean? It's, the, it's what we refer to as the evidence of speaking in tongues because there is evidence when you're filled. And I believe that every gift is available to every believer if they'll just ask God for that. And God will, will give you those gifts that you can operate in and that you can be used for the common good. Because the truth is, we need power. That's the purpose of the, whole, the power of the gifts of the Spirit, is that we would receive power and be effective in our ministries. And first, in Luke 24, 49, it says, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And in Acts 1, 8, it says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You know, we need power today just as much as they needed it back then. And the Holy Spirit gives us that power because we need to be effective witnesses. And it says, witnesses in Jerusalem, your Jerusalem for the disciples, that was their hometown. We need to be witnesses in our hometown. Amen. And then here it says, also in all Judea and Samaria. That's the, the region that they're in. That means that, you know, for us, not only do we need to be a witness in our hometown of Miranda, but for Tucson and Phoenix and the state of Arizona as well. And that's what the Holy Spirit gives us power to do, that we can have an impact on those around us. That our sphere of influence would be increased. And it may not mean that you personally will reach people in all these cities, but you may reach somebody that would reach somebody in those cities. And our, our, our power, God gives us power to do these things, that we would be effective. How powerful do you think it would be if you see somebody and God gives you a word of knowledge and says, you know what, that person over there, they got a problem with their back and I want you to go pray for them. Gives you that word of knowledge and you walk up to him and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm sorry to bother you, but I feel like God was telling me that you have a, something going on with your back and I just want to pray for you. And God uses you to touch that person. How big of an impact do you think that would make in their lives? Is the experience of the power of God through you. And that's what the Holy Spirit, the power, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are there for, that we can make an impact on those around us. We need that power. And then finally, Jerusalem's our hometown, Judea and Samaria, that's our, our region, our, 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 uh, you know, the state and the surrounding cities. And this is an end to the ends of the earth. You know, the scripture says that every person needs to hear the gospel. We're to go to all the world. And I don't know about you, but that's going to take some incredible power to reach all the people that are around us. You know, we have to, there has to be ways that we can, that we can interact. There there are people, I hear stories of, of tribes that they come upon and they, they don't even have there's not even words in their language to describe the things in the Bible. 
There's, not even, there's, there's no way to translate it. And we have to, we have to find ways to let them know what Jesus is, who He is, and what He did for them. How do we know that? That's going to take a move of God in our lives. We are a people in this church that are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Scripture says that we need to be clothed with power on high. And as the culture of living hope flame churches, we're a people that believe that. And we're ready to receive that. Amen? So let's be a people that are going to be open to the working of the Holy Spirit. Let's, be a, let's, let's resolve to be a people that are going to let the Holy Spirit work in us and through us. Let's be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit and the supernatural in order that we can be effective witnesses for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. And then after we get done praying, like I said, um, I believe pretty much everybody here has been filled with the Holy Spirit, but if, if you have not and you would like to be prayed for, I would love to uh, lay hands on you and uh, uh, we'll, just, we'll just ask God. God is a good God. He is faithful. Amen. So let's go ahead and uh, bow our heads.